on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Priscilla And this is the show for the realists Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions Of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Guys, today is a very special day Today we have Andy, Sal, Kyle, the captain, DJ, cruise the motherfucking internet. Now, I know that was a lot of names there. It was, yeah. All right, so they got DJ. Hey. We got Dr. Sal. Doctor. Doctor. And then you guys should know, and you'll definitely will know, uh, my good buddy Kyle Creek. You guys probably know him as the captain. Uh, Kyle is an all-around badass motherfucker. He's the author of a number of books. They use my favorite word in the books <laughs> a lot. One of the books is fucking history. The next one is feel free to quote me. And the new one that just came out, by the way, thank you for sending it to me. Absolutely. Speech therapy. Uh, Kyle's American, a true patriot, and he is well known for his comedic, comedic insightful, and honest thoughts uh, on a variety of topics similar to us. So basically, you're full of shit and you talk a whole bunch of it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me. I like yeah. whoever wrote that script because it just defined me very well. Yeah. You're welcome. We've been friends. That was the, not you. That we, dude, that how long have we, we've been kicking it online for a while now? Two years, two and a half years, I think. Yeah. So it's interesting. Ever since it went the world went crazy. It was, that was right when it happened. Yeah. So it's interesting. My friend was obsessed with the MFCO project. I remember I was visiting her in Vegas one time, probably 2016, and she was playing an episode. And so I was familiar with your voice. And then when you reposted something of mine, like right towards the beginning of lockdown, yeah. she was ecstatic. She forwarded it to me. And she's like, this is that Andy guy. Like, he reshared your shit. And then I think I wrote you like a thank you note as yeah, a DM. Yeah. And then we started talking. We started about talking about uh, old houses. Old houses. Yeah. We were talking about my book. And you were showing me, giving me a tour of your place. Yeah. And then we started talking about how everything was all fucked. And yeah. there <laughs> just, you know, turns well, out we had a lot of mutual friends as well, like Matt Morgan, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, Matt's your buddy? Yeah, Matt's yeah. one of my really good pals. Yeah, Matt's a good Matt's dude. one of the reasons why I moved to Miami. Yeah? Because I was already looking at Miami, and then Matt was there. I was visiting him. Bro, he's was, telling me to come down, too, now. You should. I, dude, I, we, I, fuck, I look every day. <laughs> well, I remember I posted that house, that, that, old, that, that old cathedral, one? Yes. and you were saying you looked at that, but didn't have the right boat dock for yeah. you. And, it, well, the bridge came right, uh, right on it. It's right next to it. And that's what it. it was. But it is the most beautiful home. Yeah, it was cool. Phenomenal they sell that house? house? I think they did. Yeah. It was like a Dallas land developer built it for his young 20-something wife. They got divorced and he sold it. Dude, I like houses that have character. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I think houses have to have character. Yeah. I actually well, prefer people well, that have character. Epstein's house. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's easier to find a house with character though. Yeah. <laughs> These days Epstein's for house sure. for sale. You see that? Yeah, I did. Who? Yeah. Epstein. His island. It, his fucking New Mexico's not, house that, for sale too. Yeah. That's and not the, the right kind in, of character uh, though. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, yeah. yeah. What made you... That's not character. Oh, I'm saying that's, you're talking about fucking houses. I'm like, hey. I mean, it's not, certainly got character. Yeah, it's got that's something. Trauma. Bro, bro, it has how, trauma. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> think about that. Like, I've been I've been down there, not to his island, but on a yeah, boat yeah, right next to his island. <laughs> Listen. You coming clean, I bro. fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the water in front of his island, okay, on a boat. And I saw the island from, from the water. Is That's there something I need to be concerned no. about here? Why does this sound so fucking cryptic? Like <laughs> I just because I'm clarifying because there's something wrong with your fucking brain. But anyhow, <laughs> the uh it's fucking amazing. Like it's like the coolest fucking place. Like, mm. dude, it's it's a total compound. How they built it was a crazy because they had to ferry all the tractors and all the materials and all the shit. Like it was a huge deal. 
And I was thinking, I'm like, man, I saw the listing and I was yeah. like, man, dude, that'd be fucking sweet to own that island. But the problem is, as we talk about some, dude, it's got to be filled with all kinds of energy, bro. There, you would never want to live Like there. satanic shit. Yeah, you know? it's the same thing with this town home in New York. Like if you're a New Yorker, that town home would be like probably the coolest home to own. Yeah. But because of what's attached to it, you could never live there and feel okay with yourself. No. Yeah. And you probably, like you said, the energy wise thing, some shit's going to happen to you living there. I, I agree. I, I used to not believe in that kind of stuff till the past couple of years when uh, I started opening myself up to it, but it is very oh, fucking that's, real. That shit's real. Dude, it's real, real. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I, to, I told you about that. We have, did I tell you that we have ghosts on our property? No, but I imagine you do. Oh, yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. I got them on video. Like, I got video proof. Of I've tried for years to get haunted because for a while I was a hotel consultant. So I worked on a lot of hotel projects and I would go stay at historic properties. Yeah. And I would have them put me in the rooms where, like, you know, people might have killed themselves, hung themselves. Yeah. And never, nothing ever happened to me. And then I was told it's because I was trying too hard. And so because I was trying so hard, I was putting like the wrong vibe out to where they were like, no, nah, we're not even going to reveal ourselves Bro. to you. And it pisses me off because I'm one of those people that really wants to believe, but I unfortunately need to like see it. Dude, I'll show you a video. It'll change. It'll change your life. I am down to see that. You've seen that video, haven't you? Is it, what do you think of it? It's definitely creepy. I mean, we had it when, uh, when, uh, what's his, what's the guy's name? You know, the guy that shot fucking Bin Laden. I oh, you mean Rob O'Neill? Rob O'Neill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> saw yeah we talked about it on um, the episode. Dude, so Rob and you know, Dakota, that fucking guy. Rob and Dakota and DJ and I are going to a haunted ghost house in Montana. You should come. I'd love to. I love right. DJ's going to lead us through a tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that guy, he's got a creepy ass photo in that fucking hotel. It's like somebody missing eyeballs. It's, uh, it's fucking fucked nose. up. He has a picture of a ghost right in front of him, like with a missing nose. Bro, ghosts are fucking real. I don't care what anybody says. I believe it. I yeah. believe it's totally real. Yeah, That's white people shit. You eat those edibles too? Did you see that? <laughs> I have. I'm actually not big on that stuff. I used to be really big on all that kind of shit, but I found it gave me more anxiety than anything. I used to do it because I thought it was like good for my brain. I microdosed mushrooms and all that. And then I found out that just being stone cold sober has been the best thing ever. Where do you live in Miami? Uh, South Miami. I live in the jungle area. That's I didn't want to live area. in the city. Yeah, it's the homes are old, historic. Everything's overgrown with Spanish moss hanging off the trees. I have peacocks all over my neighborhood. My dog chases iguanas all day. I love that area. That's awesome. It's 20 minutes from downtown, 15 minutes to a beach. Right How's traffic down by where you are? Is it as bad as it is in Miami? It's not bad at all. Okay. I'm right on the border of Coral Gables. And there's like, if you want to, I'll show you some homes in South. There's some, have you been to like Pinecrest? Uh-uh. The homes in Pinecrest are your style. Okay. Meaning they're very fucking expensive. <laughs> um, but the homes I've seen in Pinecrest, you'll drive by them and not lying. They are the size of resorts. Like yeah. you would be like, that is a resort. That looks like it has a hundred rooms. And then you look at the listing, it's like 58 million. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. But there's, there's some beautiful, and they're right on the water. That's and that area is all overgrown lush. You have like three acres. Dude, but, I think it'd be cool to have a, like a regular size house just on the water. Yes. Like it doesn't 100%. have to. Like this, this house that I'm living in now is my first, like, like the house I've lived that I moved in before was bit like technically bigger, but this is like a fucking whole estate. Yeah. And bro, it's a fucking shit show. Like to, to take care of it and shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's people there every, and this is totally first world fucking problems, but there's people there every motherfucking day. Are there not? Yeah, yep. Every yep. day there's shit that has to be done to keep the property yep. up. And like, I'm like, I walk out the fucking house and I'm like, I just kind of don't want to see people. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You like South Miami. So now sure. it's got me to where I want to go back to like a, I kind of want to go to a regular house, just like in a really cool That's location. exactly what I did. Yeah. I went, I, we had a house that was way too big for us in Vegas. We were renting. Then we moved to Miami. We downsized, got a single floor plan. Yeah. Has enough yard for the dog. Really easy to maintain. Yeah. Landscaper comes every two weeks. And that's about all it requires. Yeah. 
And it just allows you to open your mind up to everything else you want to focus on in your life. How you like living in that big motherfucker you just got? <clears throat> no. <laughs> oh, you want to keep a secret? No, I don't. Oh. I don't mind about. I mean, it's it's a nice home. It's a cool home. How do I like living in? It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> you know? Oh, don't get me wrong. Big homes are great. I would love to have a big Victorian mansion, something like that. But I agree, there's a lot of work. Yeah. All right. I'm more on the farm side. I like. I, see, I, I'm. I'm almost. It's funny when you go. I think Missouri the, has the best farms, dude. Yeah, I like the yard maintenance. To me, is something I appreciate. So for for me, it's kind of like I listen to it, and it's my peace zone. There's I, no I fucking with, way you would like doing my yard and all that shit. There's no fucking way, bro. Yeah, I mean, you got a big fucking yard. Yeah, my yard ain't that fucking big. <laughs> But I like getting on the tractor. I, I like, like that shit too, but I like breaking shit with the tractor. Like I'm a fucking break out. Like you're if you got like some a, shit to tear down, I will tear it the fuck down. You're more like the flip the excavator type of guy. <laughs> I don't know why you would say that. That may or may not be. <laughs> the big old fucking dent on the back of your excavator at my farm would tell me that somebody flipped it. I didn't flip that one. I flipped a different one. <laughs> that was a tree. I don't know. A little birdie told me you might have slid it down a hill or something. I did slide it down a hill, and, and but it hit a tree. Yeah. It didn't flip over. I did get trapped in it. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is the one I had to repair out of the inner sauce. And my, my ears went up. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean you had to repair it? Do you want to know the best story about that? What? It was fucking 10 minutes after I got it delivered. <laughs> <laughs> the guy still on the fucking truck putting oh, the wraps dude, dude, I was laughing. Motherfucker, I had to call him. I had to call him back and be like, I just bought this excavator to tear down the woods so I could build my garage, which is now built. And because <clears throat> renting them is like fucking 10 grand a month. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll buy one. It's going to take a year and then I'll sell it and it'll be all. Mm -hmm. I didn't sell it. I gave it. Sal had the whole time you're saying this, I'm picturing that Joaquin Phoenix walk the line movie yeah, where he tractor. throws a fit and sinks the tractor. Yeah. Exact same thing. I picture you yeah, doing that. Same same thing. Dude brings it, and it wasn't new, it was used. Brings the fucking machine, and I know how to operate the machine. I swear. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so I get in, and I start to go down the fucking hole, and I, and, and I didn't realize, and you know, when I flipped it that one time, same fucking thing happened. I went in, and it was kind of muddy. And, and dude, I went down the hole, and it, the mud fucking gave out. I slid down the hill and there's a big ass fucking tree. I hit the tree. It broke the window out. I had to call the motherfucker right back. To come get it. I'm like, hey, <laughs> can you come get this? He came back and, and he's like, oh, dude, that's nothing. We see worse than this every day. He's like, I'll send my guy out tomorrow. They sent a guy out tomorrow and he gave like a new door and glass and shit. Yeah, I had to, so I got him all serviced. Yeah. And the guy came out and he's like, oh, yeah, this is the one that was, you know, uh, you I was know like, oh, I, yeah, you know, let's hear this. You know, I can't go up to the dealership ever again. <laughs> they're going to shame. They're going to be like, there's that guy. There's that motherfucker. <laughs> they wrecked it. Anyway, you know how the show works, right? CTI. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to, we're basically going to make fun of the entire earth. This is basically our DMs we've been having for two and a half years. Yes. And hopefully DJ did his homework, came up with some good shit to talk yeah, about. I think I got some good stuff. Okay. If you fucked it up, you're pretty shitty because there's lots of great material out there. Well, I mean, that's, that's the best part about it. It's unlimited content. All right. Yeah, so got three of them. Guys, and always, if you want to see these pictures, uh, articles, links, videos, whatever it is, go to andyfacella.com. Check them out there. And with that being said, let's knock this out, man. Headline number one. Headline reads. Tense video shows Mike Tyson hugging armed man who threatened him. Uh, so Iron Mike uh, showed his softer side when he hugged it out with the man who was uh, who accosted him at a comedy show in Hollywood and challenged him to a fight. The 55-year-old former heavyweight champ was in attendance at a Tuesday night show on a rooftop when an audience member began heckling him. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the man pulled out a gun from his waistband. I got the video here for you guys. I'm trying to upgrade my yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need to shoot. Uh -huh. 
See, I'm torn on this. I am too. I am too. It's From what angle? <clears throat> I like the way he showed restraint hugging the guy. I actually think it's a bigger flex move at that point. And it kind of goes to show it's like that quote that like, it's, it's a dangerous man who can control himself that actually is the most dangerous man. Right. But if it were me, I don't think I would have been able to resist wanting to go after that guy, especially knowing what Mike Tyson is capable of. Like if he would have hit the guy, I'd completely understand. I mean, the guy pulled his gun before there was any kind of confrontation. And he was saying, well, he was, well, that's the thing. I don't think we saw the whole story. Yeah. I don't think we know what happened. And he kept saying I was joking, but who knows what, what yeah. the joke was I don't on think, that. I think the joke's over when you pull the gun out. You know? Yeah. And we well, that's why California for you today, though. Dude, dude, dude <laughs> you know what? That's where I was going to take this. It's, it, here's what bothers me about this scenario. First of all, I will say this. I've always, I've always been a Mike Tyson fan. Um, growing up at my age, there was never anything like a Mike Tyson fight. I tell this to DJ <laughs> all the time. 18 seconds. Yeah, bro. But like the, the world, people don't understand that. How old are you? 35. Yeah. So like I'm 42. So the, when the world, when Mike Tyson fought back then, the world stopped. Mm -hmm. People don't really, like people that you, there's nothing comparable to it in modern day. Um, like, you know, where you have these big Jake Paul versus Logan Paul fight. Honestly, the Logan Paul versus, versus uh, <clears throat> Tyron. No, uh, Logan fought Mayweather. Uh, Mayweather. That was the biggest thing comparable to it that I think I've experienced. That still but wasn't on that scale. It wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, what I'm saying is how powerful his brand and who he was mm. was was so much bigger than even the biggest thing now that it's almost impossible to explain. Is that fair? No, I mean, the world stopped when Mike Tyson fought. Yeah. And I mean, when I watch those Logan Paul or Jake Paul, and I mean... I watch it because I'm friends with the dudes. I'm, I'm friends with Jake. I'm literally wiping my kid's ass going, oh, nice punch. You I know watch what I mean? it because like, a buddy of mine bought it on pay-per-view. Otherwise, I never would. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I, that I was would, the biggest yeah. thing I could think of in the last year. Was yeah, that, but like the that, way you're talking about Tyson is the way my dad talks about him. And yeah. I've watched the old YouTube videos with my dad, and yeah. you can feel the energy yeah. that guy carried. And I think- and bro, he was a scary fucking yes. dude. Like, so like the young, like you guys who are, who are just now seeing this kind of shit from Tyson- where he's softened up and he's become a respectful man. Uh -huh. That was not. And, and he, he, is, he works towards being a good man. Clearly, he's made some massive changes. Mm -hmm. That was not Mike Tyson when he fought. Like, Mike Tyson will fucking kill you. And everybody knew that. It was like they found this kid from the streets who was 18 years old who became the heavyweight champion of the fucking world. That's Mike Tyson. 18 mm -hmm. years old. Okay. To see, I want to say a couple things about this. To see him grow to a point where he could do that, 
impressive. Is amazing. Like it's inspiring to me. Like that shows like how much you can grow. And in that's a where I was going with it. To see, yeah. know Mike, to see Mike react that way. Yeah. Based on everyone's heard the stories of him, <clears throat> I felt was an impressive good move on his end. But dude, the societal degradation or, or retraction or regression or however you want to word it that we have where people are just pulling out guns because they got in a fucking argument mm. is sad, dude. Mm-hmm. Like there was a time in America where like, dude, if two men had a dis- disrespect, disagree with each other, you would have fisticuffs. Like you, you would fucking fight it the fuck out. And that's been since the beginning of time, right? Now, like that shit isn't even an option anymore. Well, there's a time when politicians would have duels with each other. Yeah. You could actually that, challenge a guy and go in the backyard and shoot I actually him. think they should still do that. <laughs> I think it would be then, phenomenal. Because then all the regular uh, middle class and poor people don't have to go fight their fucking wars. Well, the thing about that, too, is it forces you to be a man of true character. Because when you know those are the consequences, accountability. You, don't, you don't lip off and you don't make, you're not going to be caught in lies like they're willing to do today because yeah. there's no repercussion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, dude, I agree 100%. I don't know why anybody would want to fuck with Mike Tyson. Like, well, if you got a fucking gun, you a gun, even a gun, you're willing to fuck with Yeah, I mean, even though. then, bro, but like what, what Biden said, you're going to need F-18s and fucking nukes. Like, bro, like I would not want to fuck with, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't want to. It, dude, it's just, to, to me, like that kind of shit is just uh, an example of how far and weak men have become. Mm. I also think it's just society in general, too. Now, everyone's incredibly tense and defensive. I think people are more defensive now than ever because they've spent the past two years defending their actions. Whether you were pro or for a vaccine mandate or not, you had to defend yourself. And so I've noticed this online with the commentary I make. And I didn't make a post about this. I wrote about this like two weeks ago. I reposted something that I'd posted two weeks prior to COVID. And the response I got on the repost was tons of people defending themselves. And I sat there and thought about it a bit and realized it, the defensiveness that everyone has right now is I think is what contributes to that kind of situation. Yeah. Again, I don't want to see the whole video. We don't know what the fuck went down. Yeah. But, you know, the joke about that being California now, it's kind of the unfortunate truth. I mean, I was in LA two and a half weeks ago. I was filling up the rental car at 4 a.m. to get ready to take an early flight back. And as I was filling up the rental car, I saw a homeless guy walking around, legitimately looked like a zombie. I've never seen someone lurch like that. And the way he was cocking his head, he looked like he was doing someone doing zombie cosplay. Yeah. He had his pants down around his ankles, dick just swinging. And I have my girlfriend and my baby boy in the car with me. And he's not far into the parking lot. And I'm like, yeah. okay, he's not a threat. He's fucked up. Yeah. So I walk in to get my receipt from the cashier as I'm coming out. The guy's up against the glass. And he's just eyeballing me. <clears throat> but I can tell he's so fucking out of it. Because his eyes are flickering. He's like cocking his head like a bird. Like a bird like twists their neck back and forth. And so I'm thinking, all right, I'm not going to let this guy intimidate me. But at the same time, I have never seen someone so spaced out. Yeah. So I leave the door next to him. And as I walk by, I feel him poke me in the rib. And I turn around. And I say, you touch me again. I'm going to knock you the fuck out. And he doesn't even like expond, respond or acknowledge me. He just keeps doing this weird zombie motion. So then I'm thinking, this guy's probably so spaced out. He was poking me to know if I was even fucking real. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and I turned to the clerk who watched it. And I said, look at this fucking shit. The clerk doesn't even respond. Like he's seen this so many times. Mm, it, wasn't even so, it wasn't even something that was worth talking to about him. And then I watched him hurry and usher some other lady in to sneak in while the homeless man was distracted looking at me. And I got back in the, in the car and I was just so frustrated to be put in that situation. Because you know, if he would have hit that man with his pants around his ankles, he would have fallen back, hit his head on the pavement. For all you know, he dies, you'd get a manslaughter. Yeah. And I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, I'm so fucking mad to have been put in that situation. Yeah. And the fact the clerk 
wasn't phased by it, just let you know how far down. Bro, it's, it's not gone. America, bro. It's fucking horrible. It's a third world fucking it's country. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, man. What do you think? I was thinking, so was he packing heat or what? He, he actually, <laughs> you know, as the funny thing is I actually remember looking and I was thinking it wasn't that big. But a different time, a different time though, I actually told someone else's story. I was in San Francisco and I saw a homeless guy with the biggest dick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> was I what? was walking up off the BART train. He was coming down. So we had a lot of swing to yeah. it through yeah. the steps. And, and he was I, just hanging out? Yeah. And I told the person I met for a lunch meeting, I said, dude, I just saw the biggest dick I've ever seen. This homeless dude should not be homeless. He could go work tomorrow. It's Rotten Jeremy's son. It was ridiculous. Was he black? No, he wasn't. <laughs> That's racist, bro. Joe, delete that, then it didn't work. That's DJ's favorite joke. But he, I think he doesn't you know, understand we're Sicilian. Yeah. <laughs> but to go back to that, he really just kind of shows LA too, though. Yeah. Bro, it's, it's a problem, man. Like we have a real problem with with poverty and homelessness uh -huh. and crime in this country, and we didn't have that problem three years ago as it exists today. So I was living in L.A. when all of this first kicked off. Yeah. I was living in Marina Del Rey, and I remember that spring, it started getting to where I had a, a tent on my sidewalk. There was a homeless guy one time living in my uh, my stairwell. He wasn't hurting anybody. Talked yeah. to him, but then he started bringing other people, and then I noticed he had a dog. And then so I talked to the HOA and I was like, listen, I'm paying a lot of money for this rent. I don't need this in my building. Like he was getting in through the gate in the stairwell. And so I'd go down to my truck and I had to pass this guy. And I was like, I'm not, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. And then it was like two weeks later is when COVID happened and everything locked down. So I was already kind of on my last leg of living in LA. I'd had a hard time even connecting with LA in the first place. I moved there to be closer to my girlfriend. I never really thought it was the right place for me. So it was already going downhill. And then COVID obviously has escalated it to where it was yeah. just completely different. And yeah. I was telling DJ before this, my last straw really in LA is I just got my puppy and we were out walking him near the junior high by my house. And it was when LA was locked down. So it was a fucking ghost town. No one was going outside. You'd go to the beach and then maybe one of the person on the beach. Would yeah, go. motherfucker was getting arrested. Right. That guy that got, that guy got <laughs> yeah. arrested for surfing. Yeah. Um, so I'm walking by this junior high and a LAPD chopper looped around and hovered and lowered about 100 feet above me. It was me, my girlfriend, and our puppy. And I remember looking up going, these motherfuckers are trying to intimidate us. Yeah. They want us to go inside. We're walking our dog. And that was when we both were like, this is going to get so much worse here in LA. So Dude. we just, well, we called our landlord, said, listen, you're going to find a way to get us out of this lease because we're, we're leaving. And we, you know, within two weeks, we were in Park City, Utah. Park City's cool. Park City's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Utah. I grew up in yeah. Salt Lake. And so I spent a lot of time in Park City. Yeah. yeah, we went there for a bit. Ended up hanging out in Vegas for a year because I had some work projects there. But yeah. LA was downhill before. And it's just so, it's Dude, so it's, bad. If you want to see the disparity, uh, if you want to see what they're trying to create in society, go to LA. That's yeah. what they, that's what they, the, what you guys have to understand is that that is what they are intentionally trying to create. That's what they're intentionally and trying to create. they want you to, to be happy about it. Yes. Like people in California still act like they're happy to live in California. The funniest Bro, thing is not. That, they, all those people that do that shit online, every single one of those motherfuckers, we got a bunch of them on our fucking payroll. All of them. They're like, oh, yeah, I love L.A., yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 DMs. Fuck, dude. You guys got any? Can I come there and work? <laughs> this is what's <laughs> fucked up, though. As I was just going to say this. So my, my girlfriend's friends were at Echo Park the same time I was there for a business meeting. And she sent me a video of her friends at Echo Park. And I sent them a video of the other side of Echo Park. And no lie, I drove for about 30 seconds with my phone out. Just tent, 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 yeah, tent, 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 tent. Dude, remember that lady we saw? No, yeah, Fucking no. whipping herself? Yeah, dude, we were... That lady. She, okay, we were driving down. This lady's legitimately. DJ had miles. never been to LA. Yeah, 
ever. Well, LA, LA in the early 2000s was kind of fucking awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> bro, three years weird. ago, it, it wasn't was bad. It I was to... still fun three years ago. But now, now yeah. dude, it's, it, it's complete disparity of class. Yeah. It's very, very rich and extremely well, homeless. It's, but poor. it's all in the same place. Yes. That's the weird but people part. People don't like, understand all... that because a lot of people, everybody that lives in LA think everybody knows what LA is like. Most motherfuckers have never been to LA because of what they think it's like. And now it's actually worse than what you would think it is. Mm. And, and dude, if you really want to look at what they're trying to create with our political policy and what, like, bro, LA is what they're trying to create. Gavin Newsom is out there thinking he's doing amazing for the globalist project. Like he, he bro, behind closed doors, that motherfucker's getting his pats on the back. Gavin, you did a great job. Look at this. You're advancing our fucking agenda. Like that's, people cannot wrap their mind around the idea that the people leading us actually want us to fucking lose. They haven't wrapped their mind around that yet. Like that's, that's the, that is the tipping point. Once everybody starts to understand, the president of El Salvador just said it fucking like two days ago. Yeah, he said it has to be an inside job, yeah. basically. I've been saying that for fucking two years, dude. Yeah. Like we have, dude. And there's been multiple, like, like numerous amounts of truth and evidence that suggests that that is the, that's the, the problem case. With, the problem with LA is people there don't know what it's like outside in the rest of the country. They, like people that are, people like I have friends that still live in LA, they still aren't traveling outside of LA. Like they're staying in LA and I try and tell them, listen, the rest of the country isn't like this. Like I've taken two road trips across the country and I've driven all through the South, all over the place in the past two years. And for the most part, people are hopeful. People are friendly. People are nice. LA, people are fucking tense. Yeah. People are dicks. Yeah. The service there sucks. Like they're not even trying. Anymore. There's a cloud. Yeah. There's a cloud in LA and the loss of humanity is LA's biggest loss right now. Yeah. Because despite all the government or the policies that are going on, just the way people treat each other in LA yeah. right now is weird. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's not, subhuman. it's not enjoyable to be around. Like no. we were there for three days to do some family stuff and we were just like, wow, we couldn't get out fast enough. Yeah. And then you go to Miami and everything's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, everybody's fucking friendly and they're happy you're there. Super friendly. Well, they're, unless you go to South Beach and you get shot again. Yeah. No, it's kids, not that though. bad, dude. Kids. Dude, no, we, we were just plus, there. It's not It's bad. like, a, no, dude, it's like a, Miami's like its own country. It's a, it's like going to a different country because like it's heavy Latin influence. Very cultural. But bro, the thing is Latin people are the friendliest, coolest motherfuckers on the planet. And they're super family oriented. Yeah. Like we talk about this. We go to restaurants and if our baby starts crying, like we have waiters pick him up. Yeah. We have owners bro. of restaurants come out and pick him up and try and, you know, you know, keep him entertained so we can enjoy our meal. I've never had that happen. I anywhere. think Latin people have the best culture as far as an American, yeah. uh, like if you want to say a subculture, bro, I love their people. They're fun. They're yeah. tight. They're always dancing. They love life. Singing. Like it's fucking great. Yeah. Margaritas. Yeah. great. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like I've never felt unsafe in my, I know there's areas everywhere, but it fucking, it's a sure as hell a lot nicer than fucking St. Louis. <laughs> All right. Headline number. St. Louis is like fucking Beirut. <laughs> <laughs> it, it fucking is. No you comment. go down to South Beach, it ain't far off. I don't know. No, man. I disagree. I was in South Beach last week. South Beach is not that bad. It's man. like any big city. Like there's dirt, certain areas and there's certain clubs that are going to have more riffraff yeah. than others, especially during spring break. It was spring break. Yeah. And everyone floods in and just fucks it up during spring break. Any city that's a destination for college kids that are getting fucked up and doing Molly and fentanyl laced cocaine and stuff like this shit goes wrong. Bro. There's gang violence. How? Where are those drugs? There's gangs involved. I've never done cocaine in my whole life. 
I stick to weed, okay? And I overdo the weed probably. But the truth of the matter is, how the fuck can you do cocaine right now when they're putting fucking, when you know the fentanyl's out there? I had to talk to my buddies two weeks ago. One of my buddies like, actually, dude, I had a buddy OD yeah. just recently. And my buddy was writing me saying it was a wake up call. I was like, it should be, man. Because yeah. I used to love cocaine. I mean, I used to do a lot of cocaine. I feel like Terminator where I could identify enemies 100 yards away when I was on it. <laughs> and I got to a point where it was just mentally destroying me. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it in over four years. But right now, I don't know how anyone in the right mind can be around it because just so much of that fentanyl shit going out. And what, it's so, it's such a what short What do you think's going high. on with that? Like, why, do you think, do you, do you think they're trying to kill people? No, I think. Intentionally? Like, like, what I'm saying is there's theories, like, and I'm not familiar enough with any of them to really understand what the fuck is going on. But like, that shit comes from, like, the, China's importing this shit, right? Mm -hmm. And so- are they intentionally putting this amount of fentanyl across our border to kill people? From what I could be, but from what I understand is when there's fentanyl in it, like when you buy Coke, you always taste it. You will not know if it's good. It makes it appear very strong because when you do a taster, it gets you numb instantly. So people think, oh, I'm buying really good Coke. Yeah. And so I think they're cutting fentanyl into it. I'm, I'm sure there Probably. could be something going on. To make on. it appear like to it's To make it appear Coke. really fucking powerful. Yeah. So you'll buy more of it. And then if you don't know what you're doing, it's just wrecking kills you like that yeah fuck it's not worth touching fuck it's no. not worth touching you without fentanyl i can tell as someone who used to use a lot of this stuff yeah. it's, it's it's one of those drugs where i've told buddies of mine if you've never done it don't do Dude, it. you know that's why i never did don't it. don't do it you know why i never did it because i know what would happen what would happen i'd lose 40 pounds i would definitely be ripped <laughs> okay first of all i'd get ripped without it it's, and i will be by my birthday this year i'll be fucking ripped again but uh like, dude, like, I, would, I would fucking ruin everything. The mental toll, the yeah. half-life of it on your brain. Like, if you're someone that's prone for depression, it's one of the worst things you can be doing. Yeah, well. And I, the thing is, there's a lot of people that are dealing with depression and anxiety that are still using Molly and still using cocaine on the weekends, and yeah. they wonder why they're so depressed and anxious all the time. Yeah. It's because they're using fucking recreational drugs. During the weekend. I tell friends of mine all the time, it's like, listen, like, they always come to me and be like, oh, I'm dealing with depression. It's like, dude, you need to stop fucking doing drugs. Yeah. How many times do I have to tell you? Yeah. And they'll just keep doing it. I don't fucking get it. It's the only time they feel better, bro. Yeah, but even then, like you have to understand. It's like that. when I drank, when I drank all the time, like because I used to drink consistent for fucking fifteen years. I yeah. drank four to five nights a week. Okay, uh, not like at home being a fucking piece of shit, but I'm saying like I would be out doing shit four mm. nights a week, and I because dude, that's pretty normal. Like a lot of people live that life. Yeah, especially York, when you own New York business. lifestyle. Yeah, that's what I did in New York all the time. Yeah, bro. So like. For 15 years, I drank Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday, all right? And I would spend the rest of the week waiting for that fucking Thursday so I could yeah. fucking feel better again. I'm sure it's the same with those drugs. But it's like, I'm, they're not like addicted to it. Like they'll go like two weeks not doing it. Yeah. It's not like they're doing it all the time. It, I, I understand that, yeah, yeah. that side of it where they're using it to feel better. It's like, dude, you've gone two or three weeks without it. Why are you doing it again? Yeah. Like your brain's already starting to detox from yeah. it. Why do it again at that point? Yeah. And it's that kind of mentality I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I never it, it's did bad it math is yeah. my friend. My friend said it's bad math. It's like you feel good for four hours to feel like shit for four weeks. That's bad math. That's, that's if, there was, if there was a business investment that had that kind of return on it, you'd bro, be like, no way I'm touching that. I shit. could get enough trouble without it. We'll just yeah. put, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, fuck. <clears throat> All right, guys, here we go. Headline number two. This is an interesting one. Headline number two reads Trainer claims multiple NFL teams interested in signing Colin Kaepernick. 
So according to a report, multiple NFL teams have recently shown interest in giving former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick a shot at returning to the league. Kaepernick's trainer, David Robinson, told TMZ that five NFL teams have reached out to him um, to the national anthem protester to gauge his interest in being offered a workout. Um, quote, a few teams have reached out to me and asked me how his arm looked. Robinson reportedly said uh, they reached out and asked about him. Uh, though he would not identify the teams by names, Robinson insisted that he told them that he was impressed uh, by Kaepernick's physical condition and readiness to play. His throwing arm is, quote, still a cannon, Robinson claimed. Um, here's, the, here, here's the thing, real quick, before we get into this. Here's, here's the problem, okay? Hold on. Read the rest of it. Uh, quote, he definitely has the ability to play on somebody's roster, like right now, Robinson added. Like a couple of the guys that were there in, uh, in the session that were on the NFL teams were saying that his arm is just as strong as guys that we got on our roster right now and he can play. Robinson, who has helped train Des Bryant and Antonio Bryan, uh, Brown, added that he thinks that these are serious inquiries. Quote, I definitely think that this go around, he may get a shot. So here's the problem, though. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he identifies as black. Just a couple of months ago, uh, this was the talk of the town. Yeah. He was comparing NFL to slavery. Yeah. There you was know? a whole video about it. A, a, a huge video. You know, not only, he, uh, these are his words, quote, well, that bank account must be getting low. Trying to pull it off a little bit. I mean, I'm I don't know saying. what it is. Yeah. yeah. China's got to invest in that fucking war that's going on over there with Russia. So, like, Kaepernick got cut. You know, and, and so. Truth I, always comes out, bro. Man. When money, money talks, too, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. First of all, uh, you're not good enough to play in the NFL. No. Okay. You were barely good enough when you were fucking good, when you were playing. That's why he started protesting. That's a fucking fact. Yeah. A statistical fact. You've been out of the league for how long? Shit. That was in 28. No, five years? Yeah, five years. Okay. It's not happening. Well, Just mean, the ability mm -hmm. to absorb hits and take contact at that level, when you take a break from, you cannot get reacclimated to. Very, very few people have ever done it. All right. So not taking anything away, but just for that reason alone, it's not happening. This guy doesn't have the ability to get in front of people or be popular anymore. And like it, every fucking four months, we have this, this headline come out. Mm -hmm. and, and with Kaepernick? Or yeah. And then last time he had NFL workouts, uh, he didn't show up. Right. He didn't show up to fucking workouts. Okay. So like, I don't understand why this is a continuing issue. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get it, man. I, mean, I look at things, I always look at it from the business approach. And obviously with a locker room background, you think, you know, these guys get, they get paid to win. You know, an NFL is a business. And if this guy were good enough to win, somebody would find a spot for him. I mean, look at Michael Vick. They resurrected Michael Vick. And Michael Vick, even not even in his prime, they figured out how to put him back. It doesn't in matter position. if he was the best player ever to fucking play. I wouldn't sign him on my team. Well, I, I think, and then there's and he could, that's, that's the other side of there's it. There's yeah. there's the liability yeah. side. So I'm saying, yeah. if if he were an asset, and that's not because I'm a racist. It's because that guy is such a distraction and such a cancer in the fucking locker room. You couldn't fucking win with him. Right. You couldn't win with him on the roster if he paid you to be on the roster. But I think that's the point, right? I mean, the NFL has shown itself to be dirty enough to where they'll they'll take anybody who's got the talent if they have the talent. But the flip side of that is, as somebody who is a practitioner of business, like I would say, hey man, like. This guy's too big of a liability. There's too mm -hmm. much shit that's going to happen with my team culture. Like, why would I insert this cancer inside of my locker room? You wouldn't. And try to win. It's you not wouldn't. worth it. I Therefore, believe, he's a bad investment. I think this whole story is fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah. I think the trainer's bullshit. I agree. Because 
every you don't think every motherfucking NFL coach knows at least that much about culture. See, the problem is most people don't know about culture. So they they see it as very simple thing like, oh, can Kaepernick still physically play football? Maybe he can. But I'm sure as fuck not signing on my fucking team as a third string quarterback who's going to come in and fucking disrupt the whole motherfucking culture of my team. Well, that's the play, though, right? Because I don't think he, he's not going to get touched, right? That, that's the play. And then it's going to be racism again. And there we go. Yes. Right, right. I'm not a sports guy, so I was letting you guys feel this, but I did play high school football, and I remember my coach, if we even said the word fuck, he wouldn't let us dress for the game that week. Man. And so I, I'm How very- lonely career. I'm <laughs> very familiar with you know the culture you're talking about and what yeah. you want in the locker room, and my coach wanted a very certain type of team. Yeah. And I was going to say, like what Sal was saying, it's one thing if he's good enough. I don't follow the guy close enough to know if he is. But if you're not good enough to play and you have that behavior that is going to incite you know culture and a bunch of problems within your locker room, I don't know why any team would touch him. No, they won't. And it'll be racism again. And it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with race. That's the beauty. I know. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, zero. It's everything else but race. It's like I was pointing out, like a a word was enough for my coach not to play. Yeah. If if he heard you say fuck in practice that week, even if you were like starter, he would not let you dress. It was insane how strict he was. This guy would not like us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were dropping the F-bombs in high school. I remember, I remember fucking Coach Heeb trying to yell at me for saying curse words. Hey, boy, hey, boy. Hey. I think it's one of those things where everyone has a right to do what they want to do in life, but if other people don't agree with that and it has repercussions, you need to accept that. And that's what people are having a problem with. Yeah. It's like, listen, you can do whatever you want to do in life, but other people are allowed to do that as well. And if it means your coach doesn't want to play you, someone doesn't want to sign you, no, guess what? Bro, they're they're using their free will to not play you. It's become supreme entitlement where... It's okay if you're offended by something I do, but if I'm offended by something yeah. you do, my my it doesn't count. Right? Yeah. No, how about this? Your fucking bullshit offends me back. So fuck off with it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's that whole like it everyone just needs Dude, to be Where have we lost this? Well, self accountability. Yeah. I, I didn't get it. I mean, I didn't really get a say in point one, but at point one, like I, I think self accountability, we've lost as a society. That guy should go to jail. Pulls a gun, five-year mandatory, lock his ass up, put him the fuck away. And I would agree with that, too. You know what I mean? Like, I'd agree with that, too. Broke the law. This, you broke the law, and we have, nobody's holding the standard. Like, yeah. What is the fucking standard? Set the standard, hold the standard. And if we account, and we had that accountability, hey, this guy, Colin Kaepernick, he's not fucking good enough. The stats when he played would show that he's also not good enough. Move the fuck no, on. Sal, you're 100% <laughs> right. We have to start, listen, it's reality, motherfucker. This show is called Real AF. We live in the real world. Y'all motherfuckers think I'm crazy, but who's out here fucking winning? We live in the real world, bro. The world I tell you guys about is the real fucking world. I know how to operate in it real nice. All right. Um, That motherfucker is not living in the real world. That's why he's not winning. That's why he's off the roster. That's why he's fucked his whole career because he's made up a situation about something that isn't actually provable as truth. If you look at the crime statistics, of fucking police brutality, they do not add up to the message that he fucking talks about. That does not equate reality, which is why it doesn't garner mass mainstream support. That's just the truth. People don't want to accept that because it it fucks up their entire fucking power structure, who they built their identity around, right? Like, oh, I've built my identity around police brutality. Well, let's look at the data. How about let's not look at the data? Yeah, right. I just want to be mad. Yeah, right. You know, like, dude, that's to average to, to a normal, well-adjusted, regular American human. People look at the data and they say, well, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And they move the fuck on. 
They move the fuck on. And then they see you, no matter how you want to be seen, they see you as a big crybaby who's not getting their way. And that's what I see when I look at this dude. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, just a couple of I months. I used to fucking like him, by the way. Yeah. I used to when like him. When he was good, when he was no, performing, when he was fucking- I was a fucking Colin Kaepernick fan. Yeah. Until he fucking started doing this shit. Yeah. Because, like, dude, in my opinion, here's the deal. We, y'all listen to my fucking opinions. We live in this America- and we're all brothers and sisters, and we all work together to fucking solve problems, but we don't make up problems to solve just because we're fucking, we need attention. Right. All right? So. That's what he did. Yeah, it is what he did. That's what he did. Well, he doesn't have accountability. He just sucks. See, there's, there's a problem there. They're leaving him, they're giving him an out, so he's going to continue to beat We them. don't even know how much he was paid, like who is, like I would like to see his fucking tax returns of where he gets his income. That would probably tell a whole lot about the scenario. Yeah. Nike. And who else? Nike. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing, man. It's like just a couple of months ago, bro. That's like, real fascism. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's real fascism. When you got fucking big corporations of the entire world hiring people on their payroll just for their political fucking stance, that's the definition of fucking fascism on a big scale. Yeah. It's corporatism. And he's a fucking, he's the soldier of it. He's a puppet. And he's sitting there like acting like he's this independent dude. It's like, got it all figured. Bro, you are, you are the fucking epitome of what... You are the slave of their fucking system and you don't even fucking recognize it. Right. That's sad. And I used to fucking really like this dude. Like, a lot. So, I don't know, man. Yeah. His hair is pretty sweet, though. <laughs> like He's got a vibe, for bro, sure. Bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, I dig, <laughs> I dig his style. Like, he's always had good style. But I think going back to what you're saying about people don't have accountability anymore, I really feel like social media did that to us in the sense that it's too easy to find other people who will perpetuate your bad behavior. Yeah. And so when you want to whine, you'll find a lot of people that'll whine with you. Yeah. Whereas you used to not have the ability to do that as quickly. Like, no. what he... What went on with him or anything else would not have happened with social with without social media. It's perpetuated professional victim culture. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, 100. Yeah. So people that don't want to take responsibility, all you gotta do is get online and whine about. It. You'll find people that'll sympathize with you enough that it confirms in your head that it's fucking legit. Yeah. That you're you're you are correct in feeling that way because guess what? A thousand people liked your photo, which means a thousand people agree with me. Yeah, social media. There's has made so it. many of us out here. Exactly. When so, in reality, dude, half the people that fucking like the shit are happy that you're fucked up. The other half that liked it are probably happy that they're not fucked up alone. No, the other. Half. And the third the, half is just taking a shit and double taps and keeps moving. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a court, yeah. no, and then and then don't forget the bots. The bots are in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's where this huge cultural shift. When you're talking about where do we lose it, I really think it's just how popular social media has become. You know, I can pinpoint this shit, dude, to the exact point of social media when it happened. 2015. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's when Instagram, it's when Facebook and Instagram allowed people to like other people's comments. Okay. Mm. It, it was one thing for people to comment when was shit. That? It was like I, 2012. Yeah, I remember when that happened. So, so it used to be people would just comment and you couldn't support people's comments. But when they made it so you could support their comments... People went to gamifying the comments uh -huh. to get the most likes on the comments yeah. as opposed to having real conversation. And so now people just say the shit in the comments that's going to give them the most feedback instead of you and I yeah. maybe having differences and having an actual discussion about shit. So now they've got us as humans saying the exact shit to piss each other off for attention. 
and people people have yet to catch on to it. Hopefully one day they will. I've only been saying it That's for a good eight point. years. And then you know what the algorithm feeding things that get more likes, it's the same thing. Yeah. The algorithm, wait, once they moved away from timeline and yeah. chronological order of stuff, it changed the way people post. Well, it. bro, if you think about the progression of communication that's happened, bro, you know, fuck. We're meant to communicate face to face. That's what we're meant to. Then we discovered writing. Then we discovered radio, right? And then TV. And then fucking for a long time it was that. Then it's then it's uh you know fucking fax machine, right? Then it's cell phone. Then it's I can talk to everybody 24 hours a day on social media in an instant. And then it's, you know, now I don't have to send a letter anymore. I can just make a comment. Now I don't even have to respond to a comment. I can just heart the comment. Like, dude, the whole ability to communicate has completely lent itself to the current situation that we were just talking about in LA five minutes ago or whatever that was. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we... We don't communicate. And not only do we not communicate, people have lost the ability to communicate. Well, and there's no accountability to the communication online. Yeah, hey, yeah, fuck yeah. You. you. You don't get punched in the face for That's it. That's right. Yeah. Man to man, it's when like, you, fuck you, bam. When you and I Mike, you say fuck me, I'm going to dislike the comment. <laughs> <laughs> dude, when you and I grew up, that wasn't how it was. Like, if you fucking, like, dude, like in St. Louis, at least, like, if you said, like, like, you know how we, like, if you said something about some other dude from another area of St. Louis, and it got back to him. That dude will show up at your house and you will fist fight the motherfucker in your front yard. <laughs> done that, it. That's what, it, huh? I said, I've done it. How many times? A lot. That's how, that's, that's. I actually drove to one. At, like, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, our fucking friends. Yeah, I rang on it, rang his yeah. doorbell. It was like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. Swear to God. And then they got a fist fight. They got a fist fight right <laughs> in his mouth. That's, that's how we settled shit. Yeah. And then that's how we settled shit. Like that people, like the kids now hear this, like the ones that are listening right now, they're like, they're like, that's got to be bullshit. I swear on my fucking life, that's how shit happened when I was growing up. And so now it's like, th- these motherfuckers say this shit online. You're like, bro, do you realize that that would, like, if you were here in front of my face, what that would get you? Like, and they don't care. There's no fucking repercussions for anything. Yeah, zero. See, it goes back, back to accountability. Yeah. Well, guess what? The cool thing is there can be repercussions now, and we wouldn't even get jail time. It just let it right, right back out. So That's, it's like, it's fine. Well, that, so, <laughs> Again, no so, accountability. So, 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 dude. Oh, there will be accountability. So in my stories, I keep talking about a reckoning coming, and yeah. people don't understand what that fucking means. No. Well, you got, see these motherfuckers that do all this evil shit where they fucking harass people and fuck with people and this and that and this. They're getting more emboldened, except the problem is what they don't understand is that the laws are what's keeping you from getting annihilated off the fucking face of the earth. Right. And bad for you. Good for everybody that you're harassing. The laws by the day are mattering less and less and less. Exactly. So if you're one of these people that harasses motherfuckers, you should probably rethink that strategy right now because the time is coming not so distant in the future where the laws will truly not matter under what their system they're perpetuating. Yeah. And the fucking people you're harassing might harass you back. You might not like it. Hey, it's uh, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, whoops ass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, that's what we're getting to. We're becoming yeah. a lawless society. And when, when, when the good people recognize that it's lawless, they will create the law themselves. Yeah. Oh, shit. Guys, our third and final headline, headline number three. Headline reads, North Korea launches new intercontinental ballistic missile that could hit New York and set new altitude record of 3,800 miles higher than the International Space Station. White House condemns launch 
and tells Kim Jong to immediately cease. <laughs> you think fucking Trump like messaged him and said, hey, hey shoot hey, this missile off. Watch this bitch right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, very nice. So, so the White House is condemning North Korea's launch of an intercontinental ballistic missile, calling it a security threat to the region. The warhead landed in Japan's economic exclusion zone after traveling for 684 miles. Uh, first full North Korea, uh, Korean ICBM test since 2017. And a stark threat to President Biden, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida accused Pyongyang of an unacceptable act of violence. Pyongyang says missile, um, which can carry a nuclear warhead, can strike anywhere within the uh, continental United States. The White House on Thursday condemned it, calling it a security violation of the region. Um, uh, quote, the US, United States strongly condemns the Democratic People's Republic of Korea for its test of long-range ballistic missiles, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said in a statement. Uh, President Joe Biden's administration called on Kim Jong-un to immediately cease such actions and vow to support South Korea, Japan, and the Pacific Islands. These fucking idiots would be better off not commenting on this at all. At all. Because... Yeah. Uh, that motherfucker's going to launch another one. So oh, the another theme, one? <laughs> the theme of every one of these headlines is accountability. He knows there's no accountability. Right, that's that right. Gonna, it's like if you if you have someone that tells you they're going to punch you in the face and they never do. Yeah. After three times, you're like, dude, I'm just going to keep doing it because I know you're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. This administration has oh. just proven time and time again they're not actually going to do anything. There's no accountability to his actions now. He's going to keep doing what he wants. So that guy spit on my car every day. Okay? That's the story. I'd walk out to school, and I'm a freak about cleaning my car. Oh, we're talking about the guy you went and Going fought. back, so I'm talking about accountability. Okay. So every day, I'd walk out, and there'd be spit on my car. So one day, I washed out the window as he spit on my car as he walked by. So then that night was the night I went over to his house and <laughs> rang his doorbell, and we fought. Guess what didn't happen after that? Spit on the car. I didn't yeah. get any more spit on my But Sal, the problem is, is that Biden ain't about to go fucking knock on but his that, house. My well, point being is, go ahead. Exactly. I was going to say, did you spit on him, though, after you kicked his ass? I did. That's what I oh, would dude, like to know. I headbutted the shit out of him too. It was awesome. His mom had my one leg, his dad had my other, and I wouldn't let him go. And so I started headbutting him. But that's it. But it's really <laughs> worth saying. Like, all it you guys should have a rematch now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I'm going to be old. I still got a few left in me if I need it. But I mean, that's the world's problem right now. It's is accountability. Exactly, yeah. It's like, people are emboldened online and in real life. All it takes is for one person to finally step up and put someone in their place, and they will completely shift after that. Dude, that's yep. why nobody liked Trump. That's why nobody liked him. Nobody liked he held him because he was that motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Personally, I don't like the dude, but his message was fucking the right one. Yeah, but Look, it's not that you didn't like him, right? It's how you didn't like how he carried himself, but the actual action of what he does for accountability, yeah, you appreciate. Forms, he was, yeah, he was, yeah. he was, he had the right message. He was the wrong message. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing when it comes to leadership, it doesn't fucking matter as long as the job gets done. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're liked as and long as shit's getting That's handled. right. And we've been pussified here in this country to think that we have to like everything every motherfucker says. Mm -hmm. Bro, I don't give a fuck what Donald Trump says. His motherfucking policies are the best that we've ever had in the United States in the history of the United States. And there's not a fucking person on this earth that can make an argument to otherwise that. And if you are, you're misinformed, okay? After that, I don't fucking care what he says. I don't care. You fuck... 
or you, how he says it. Yeah, you want to tweet Kim Jong-un and tell him to fucking eat shit? I will laugh at it. You <laughs> but they say, had a relationship that worked because bro, of that. That's you know right. Because there's some fucking respect. There's accountability. That's yeah, he right. was, he was, he's like, you know what? I respect this guy. He's, he's Twitter see, fingers, but it's, I respect most it. Most of the motherfuckers in this, on this, in this country right now don't understand that basic thing. Mm. There has to be a little bit of fear to be respected. It's the reality of respect, okay? These fucking people that we have in this country, they don't respect anything anymore. So they look at Trump and they say, oh, you hurt my feelings. Well, now look what the fuck we're dealing with. We might get nuked. Like that, like I, we're laughing about it, but dude. It's very real. Yeah. I mean, first, I look, look how fucking big that missile is. That's yeah, fucking massive. That's what she said. Yeah, is this the homeless guy? I was going to say, that's the homeless guy right no, That's not the homeless guy. That one's black. The missile's black, so. Well, I don't know. It's got a white tip. <laughs> that, that's something else. <laughs> but it's like, one of the things people feared about Trump, too, though, is he was unpredictable. And the same was reason. Was he? I think he was extremely calculated. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Was he? Or was he just real smart at making him feel like he was? Could have been. Okay. So, so, dude, here's my argument for this. If you're a true, like, when you're truly a good st strategic person, you understand the distractions that you must create to take the attention from where your enemy should be looking and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Okay? Like, that's, that's something the normal human doesn't get, right? This motherfucker is a totally calculated, intelligent, smart, proven, strategic genius over the course of his life. You guys say, oh, his parents gave him, his parents gave him a million dollars. He turned it into fucking billions of dollars. That would be like me giving you a hundred bucks and you turn it into $1 million. Like that's the same thing we're talking about. Okay. The dude's fucking smart. When I was saying the unpredictability is that I was complimenting him on that. Yeah, because I was going to pull in the whole forty eight laws of power by Robert Greene, how he talks about being unpredictable. There you go. And I was going to actually use Trump as an example yeah. of, of living that law, like per, like purposefully. Yeah. And the whole book talks about how people, you know, like you said, they throw you off yeah. to have that demeanor. He's a master of and that he, shit. He did that very well. Yeah. And dude, the media played right into it. And then I was going to say it's the same reason we fear North Korea is a lot of times he's the same way. Like people think he's unpredictable. He knows what he's going to do every time. Bro, he's going to do it. And that's the other thing. So here's my problem with all of this. The media just lied to us for two years, very clearly about a lot of shit. <laughs> Six years, really. Yeah. I mean, if you really think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole Russia collusion thing is fake. Made up shit. Proven to be fake. So the media for the last six years has made Putin look like a piece of shit so that they can make Trump look like a piece of shit. And all these crazy dictators around the world that Trump somehow got along with, and the media is telling you they're all the bad guys and we're the fucking good guys. And at what point do we maybe question the fact that, I don't know, maybe we aren't being told the entire story. Maybe we are unaware because our own country censors the truth like they tell us China and Russia censor the truth. Right. So, like, what do we really know? What do we really know about geopolitics? Like, what do we really... Did you go there? I didn't. Well, I think... No, I mean, I think it's the one thing about the world is experience matters, right? Perspective matters. And you really don't know what the, what the ocean smells like until you see it, right? Until you touch it, until yeah. you smell it. 
And unfortunately, we've become a society that delivers all that information through a screen in some mm-hmm. capacity. And yeah. it, it's absolute truth. You know, like what you read, like Madat showed me where Colin Kaepernick gets his, in, his uh, income from. We Googled it on the internet. Well, we just assume that's true. It might not be true. Yeah. Right. And the only, learn, the only thing I've learned to be true is if I can see it, if I can touch it, if I can mm-hmm. smell it, if I can experience it, I can have true perspective of it. And I think we've become a society that is totally uh, uh, oxygenated by perspective of what they want us to be the truth is. Yes. And so you, you realize that, you know, the world is shaped by people who do. And the only way you can do is to go out and experience, right? Mm. Touch, feel, smell, get punched in the mouth, you know, understand that, you know, that that is what life is. And so, you know, these people, we're now making all of our emotional decisions based off what's coming through a filter that we really don't know to be true. And that's a problem. It's a huge fucking problem. You know, so our world right now is being dictated by a perceived truth that we're seeing through a screen that we want to emotionally connect to that's not maybe necessarily true. It's, fucking it's a problem. big problem, bro. <laughs> yeah, and the, the biggest thing about that problem is there's nowhere you can really go to know that what you're getting is the truth. Like Google, people use DuckDuckGo. There's all these search engines or like web aggregators. You still don't know which one's legit. That's Dude, right. you just don't. You have, to, you have to be skeptical about Everything. All of them, dude. Like bro. until you mentioned about them digging holes in Central Park the other day, yeah, I thought I imagined that shit, yeah, because I remember reading that article, and then I was like, it was just something that just disappeared. Yeah, and then I was talking to my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, you don't remember reading that? I swear they were digging holes in Central Park, yeah. And then you said it, and I was like, shit, I did read that online. I saw a photo. It wasn't made up. I yeah. thought it was just something I imagined. Yeah. And there's so much of that crap the past two years that's just disappeared. Question: Did they do it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. No. They? No. They did. Well. You mean, did they do it in reality? Yeah, did they actually oh, do it? I don't know, but I know that they made a story. I saw a photo yes, that showed like a, a backhoe in Central and some Park. some tents, like construction yeah, and, tents. and like some white tents. And a, yeah. They, and they said they were digging mass graves. Garth Brooks might have been coming back. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Five million people in Central Park. That's a big fucking concert. <laughs> but that's the issue is like, where do you go for good information these days? Well, there. Well, I think you have good conversations. I think it comes back to like, you know, you have to. You well, have we're, to at, we're at a point, dude, where we have to, we have to kind of collaborate to decide what reality is mm-hmm. well this is unless we go see it for ourselves you know what i'm saying like we go to fucking central park you know what or I'm saying? go to that's why they try to do go the whole- to fucking po- like that's why people get mad at me like when i say oh i watch what putin says or i watch what so-and-so says well why the fuck wouldn't you because would you right? rather be told like, would you rather be told <laughs> why would that yeah why would you not watch that yeah, it makes like, no sense to i want to see what the fuck he's saying to his people like not what the tv not what Anderson Cooper has interpreted him to say or fucking uh, warmongering uh, uh, dude after Tucker. Hannity. Holy shit, bro. Give it up. We don't want war, man. We know all your buddies own the fucking military companies and you're beholden. All, like, you're going to... We know, okay? Stop. Like, I used to actually have respect for that fucking guy. And, like, he's all about war, 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 war. It's like, bro. Like, you can really tell right now Who's who's on the payroll of of this the indu- the military industrial complex? Because like fuck, it's like everybody in the street is like, nah, man, uh, we don't want, we don't want to do that, you know. And everybody on TV, with the exception of like three, are like, nah, this is this is awesome. Let's do a war, you know. And it's like, what the fuck? You guys are so out of touch, bro. I don't know, man. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I. I spent over a decade working in advertising as a creative director and I yeah. worked on some politicians' campaigns. Like yeah. I've written slogans. I've helped guys get elected to office. Even like those small town politicians, people have no fucking idea how much shit is. Oh, dude. 
Like you just don't know. And yeah. I was I was young in my career. I remember working for helping a guy get reelected as a sheriff. And right after a meeting, he's telling me how to get out of DUIs. He's telling me how to break the law in certain ways, how he does it all the time. And it's just, it's fucking unreal, the level of hypocrisy. It's two different worlds. And imagine like that level of power to this top tier. That's what I'm saying. The, the confirmation bias they have in their own mind of, you know, failing upward essentially to where you feel you, you genuinely believe you're smarter than a lot of people because for a decade it's been reaffirmed in you. And then you combine that with the willingness to be completely hypocritical. It is un. There's like there's really no bounds to where that that lie could stop. Anything at this point could be on the table as a lie. Well, I, I mean, I, I agree think, with that. Yeah, a anything. There's once you anything. The amount of power at that level. There's nothing you wouldn't almost be willing to do to maintain it. I, I was told this the other the other day when I was getting my hair cut, and you know, I know I don't I don't have a good social media page. But I do post some. Funny I didn't shit. watch. I didn't watch. That I do post some funny I I shit every once it. in a while. I mean, it's amateur. I mean, I don't post pictures of peacocks and shit. But you know, that's because <laughs> you don't live in South Miami. Well, well, that's because he doesn't know what he's doing. But I, <laughs> I could get on the internet and grab one and be like, "Look outside my house." That's probably have, what have you did. You, have you ever seen a peacock in your front yard, though? Have you ever seen a fucking twelve point buck in your front yes, yard? Yes, I grew up in Utah. Oh, that they don't count. They got like little fucking. Those look like coyotes. Yeah, big old mule deers. Those things are fucking the, huge. <laughs> anyway, my point being is, is in your twenties, you look around and you think, oh, man, them old people are fucked up. You know, like old people, there's something fucking wrong with them. In your thirties, you start to recognize, you're like, man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fucked up. Like, what's going on? In your forties, you recognize, man, everybody's fucked up. Everybody, everybody's fucked up, and everybody's yeah. got a dirty little At secret. At what point do you get to the point where you realize that they've completely lied about everything your entire life? Well, I think, I think that's forty-two. It must be. <laughs> it, it, it is. It, it's. It's. We're in a, we're in a progressive world that is uniquely different. And I and I struggled, you know, because you're bringing your kids into this world and you start thinking like, has the world always been this fucked up? And I, I, I think the answer is yes. I just think we have access to the to the information a lot faster. So you're starting to digest a lot that it's a lot more fucked up more often. I think it's been more fucked up in the past. I would agree with that. I mean, like my book, it is right now. Like, uh, as far as like hypocrisy and the lies, dude. Like, I think we're I think we are the precipice of literally total human enslavement forever, or total human freedom. But they have lived. They have lived in total enslavement at one point. You know, certain civilizations have though. Uh, we have. But I'm saying, like, don't recognize it in yet. the in the past. It like that was like a known way of life for a lot of old civilizations. I was just saying, like, I think now because we've gone so far that direction, going back to it feels like incredibly polarizing. But that yeah. was how a lot of people lived thousands, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Um. And you know, like my book, fucking history, talking about how it's funny to me when people complain about how society now is like depraved. It's like, dude. You used to literally go watch someone get their head chopped off in the middle of the town square, and that yeah, was we normal. Like we used to Let's do all back to that, but I'm for, bro, for the right reason. Nothing you wrong with it. Like me, man, we're fucking going back to it, bro. But I'm just saying, like the world used to be so violent, and it used to be so fucking harsh, and people used to be just born into indentured servitude for your whole fucking life, your family after them, after them, on and on and on, and it still goes on in some countries. Yeah. It's just we we had the privilege here, especially in America. We know what it's like not to live like that. Yeah. And any inkling of the idea of it is like holy shit. It's it's a major it's a major deal. Yeah. All those people that you mentioned would live in what's going on right now and laugh at us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They'd be like, what the, the fuck are you guys talking about? All we got to do is fight these motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. That's all. That's what they would say. Well, I, I saw. I think you. I I read this quote online. I think I saw you post on one of your guns where it says the problem is no one drinks from the skulls of their enemies anymore. That's it. That was a tweet when I read it. I was like, fuck. I wish I would. 
Yeah. <laughs> like that was one of those tweets. I was like, that was a good fucking tweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot that can be paralleled out of there. I mean, think of the farmers. Think of the the, the trades. You know, like we are not able to produce young people who are willing to work mm. to yield what it is that thrives us as society. I mean, right now we're we're trying to fucking. I'm not trying. Do you know the most automated miles? Meaning the most automated computer driven miles are by Caterpillar. It's not everybody would say it's Tesla or it's GM. It's by Caterpillar. And they're testing and they're moving it over into John Deere and they're moving into these. Like, oh, yeah. The big farm tractors now are fucking run themselves. Yeah, they're all going to. No, like without a human. Of course. Yeah. And the reason being is that, you know, the, the farmer is, is dying. Dude, that's been happening. Yeah, that's right. And that blue collar work ethic. I mean, part of my strategy is I want to raise my kid. I mean, people say, oh, he's working hard. I, I want my kid to be a blue collar kid because I understand that the competitive environment inside the blue collar space is going to be less and less, which means his opportunity to be great is going to be higher and higher. You know, it's like. It's not rocket science. Like everybody go left. All right, I'm going right. You know, everybody go right. All right, I'm going to go right. left. That's right. And, you know, we as a society, skills are, they're pussies. Don't, oh, dude. They're the, pussies, the man. skills you're talking about, like you guys who are young right now, who are 17, 18, 19, and you think like, oh, dude, it, only losers go do construction work or fucking the, the trades or this That was my that. first job. Motherfucker. That's where the opportunity is going to be in five more years. If I was 17 years old, I'd go, get a, I'd go be a fucking plumber. I yeah. would go work for a plumber. This is no shit. I would go work for a plumber. Just to learn the business. Just to fucking learn. I would try to get my card. I would try to do whatever. Yeah. And then I would understand that at 25, I'm going to start my own company. The problem is, dude, and social media, that's not cool. I actually think that's the coolest shit. Like, I get tagged in all kinds of fucking fake-ass fucking baller shit. Like, people think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking be like, oh, so cool. Like, dude, bro, I know... The fu- I know I've seen a million of you guys. You know what I think is the coolest fucking shit? When I see hardworking motherfuckers tag me in their shit. Like DJ. Yeah, yeah, that's okay? right. Okay. Our buddy DJ, who's a fucking iron worker, and he works his fucking ass off every motherfucking day. When he tags me in shit, I think that's cool. You Especially see what I'm when he's fucking 380 feet in the air. Yeah, but mm-hmm. not just because of that. Yeah. But like because no, I understand. That's work. Okay. That's work. You fuckers just fuck around on the internet and you think e com is fucking work. You don't get it. It'll both give you gray hair. It's yeah. one of the things I admire about my younger brother. He's a journeyman electrician. Yeah. And my, bro- my older brother's a doctor. I'm a writer. He's an electrician. And he just works his hands. Always has. The only thing that ever really appealed to him. And I've always admired what he does for work. Yeah. I've enjoy- I enjoy electrical work. Like electrical work is something that I enjoyed learning. And then just from being around it so much, when I finally learned how it actually worked. And like, that's one. I Listen. Do I do physical labor anymore? Nope. Fuck no. You ever see me do some shit? I don't do shit. You know why? Because we had to do a lot of hard shit growing up. I didn't like it. All right? But one thing I do enjoy is the electrical work because you got to think about it. You got to think. Yeah, so you don't fucking kill yourself. No, it's not just that. You have to think <laughs> yeah, it through. That bad. Circuits like, and- like how it should be wired, mm-hmm. how the wires should be pulled. Like there's a, there's a strategic component to it that makes me like enjoy the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think- you know, like you're saying, I don't think you have to do hard work your whole life, but I think everyone should do it as their first few jobs. Bro. I think I, you need it. It should well, be it's appreciation factor. It's yeah, like, think, it's no different I, than bartending or serving yeah. or, you know, like somebody treats your server like an asshole. I can tell you that person's never waited at the table. Sal, can you, can you tell, like, out of the kids that come here to work, of can course. you tell the motherfuckers did labor and ones that didn't? Without question. And you, I know which one I'd tell. hire. Like, I was just telling DJ and he was giving me a tour. I mean, my first job was digging sprinkler trenches, but then all through college, I worked in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And being back out in the warehouse and just smelling tape guns and cardboard, I liked that smell. I like that smell, too. I liked it. It reminds me of fucking Metro. Yeah. yeah I, I, Bro, enjoy, I enjoy doing manual labor. That smell you're age. talking about, like that, 
you know, I throw in electrical tape under that smell. I like wet well. tape, like the wet tape gun yeah. when they come up. I like that smell. Bro, that's so those, funny. Those my you first say few that. jobs. That's so funny. And so I was out there in the you warehouse. You like it bro. too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. What I was thinking, yeah. about, the way he's brushing his own hand is like I could see him, you know, him on his ecstasy just brushing. Yeah, his yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like, a long time, long time ago, long time ago. <laughs> oh, fire! Right. I threw up this last picture of uh, Kim because I feel like. Are we is, looking at the haircut? No, this is who he reminds me of, bro. You guys remember this kid, Sid from Toy Story? That's what I've never seen that. That's what happens when you raise a kid with no accountability. Really? He becomes this little brat. That, yeah. <laughs> but look at this fucker, though. Like, okay, let's go back to Kim Jong. Okay, dude, that top is perfectly level. Like the top <laughs> of his hair. That is a fucking straight. How do you do that? How like, many barbers do you think got killed in your family? <laughs> like, if, like if you if you fuck Bro, it up, that's legit. I guarantee you fucked you it up that, off off. Yeah, yeah, but I guarantee you that. I think okay, so too. <laughs> that's probably really happened. I think so well, too. If the media, t well, see, that's the problem. The, <laughs> is maybe he's the nicest guy ever? Yeah. I was just gonna say that, dude. What happens if this dude's like straight just, gangster, like that's just the I'm coolest saying. dude to hang yeah, out with? Yeah, because I don't believe. Like on the interview, like that bro, movie they made about. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they really have cool. lied so much that now I legitimately do not believe a fucking thing I see I on MSM. Like if they they could say it's fucking snowing outside. It, like I would have, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But the point is, I had to go outside in shorts. I, I don't fucking believe it until I see it anymore. Like I'm from Missouri, bro. What's the Missouri? It's the fucking show me state. If I don't see it with my own fucking eyes, I don't believe it anymore. I don't believe it. There's a book that came out long before all this. I think everyone would benefit reading. I mean, you read the four agreements. You're a big fan yeah. of it. Have you read the fifth agreement? Uh -uh, what is it? The fifth agreement is be skeptical. Yeah. And it's written by him and his son. It talks about how you need to be skeptical of everything in your life. And well, the, a healthy amount of skepticism is the best way to live. Isn't that? that and now, like, if, if someone says, oh, you're skeptical, it's taken as a bad thing. Well, yeah, you know why? They don't want you to think. And in, in order to critically think, you have to be skeptical. But what's crazy to me is a lot of people on both sides would be like, okay, the four agreements is a great way to live your life. Yeah. But then when it comes to the fifth agreement, which is also just as important, a lot of people are going to be divided on that. That's the thing. But, like, aren't, aren't they being skeptical by saying that, though? No, they're just being closed-minded. Oh, there's a difference. Yeah, there is skepticism a requires you to actually do a bit of work and investigate and make a co coherent decision. Being closed-minded is just like no. Don't 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 you? I mean, dude, I I think that's really the biggest problem in the world right now is that there is way too much trust, not enough skepticism, and because what I would say if you were say, okay, Andy, what's the fucking biggest problem in the world right now? Well, the biggest problem in the world right now is people do not critically think anymore. Uh -huh. Okay, and the, why do they not critically think? Because they're not to. skeptical about anything. So we have too much because skepticism should tr should trigger you into a process mm -hmm. of mentally figuring out why things are the way they are. I don't think that people think to that level anymore at all. That's because we don't have to. But see, dude, the problem you know is like yeah, but I fucking hate it because the problem is once you start thinking that way, you think that way about fucking everything. You, I know you know. Oh, yeah. I I, think, he knows. I think a big issue that we have, I think, is uh, we've become a culture of convenience. And I think in that convenience, we've lost faith in ourselves. And when you have no faith in yourself, you're not, uh, you don't trust your critical thinking. You don't trust your ability to question things. You feel like, oh, I'm too stupid to be able to question this correctly. And because everything's become so convenient, technology, we rely, we rely on technology for damn near everything. Plus, dude, anytime someone shares a thought or an idea that's outside the norm, the amount of bullying they get yeah. on that is so much more than it's ever been. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier about uh, 
people have been defending themselves. So defensive. Yeah, because the bullying and the attacks for having a free thought are so heavy now. For, yeah, it's it's a, the stuff you've had to defend the past two years is yeah. crazy. I remember watching people have to defend online that they took a vacation in like May and everyone's like, oh, we're in a pandemic. What are you going on vacation for? It's like, well, I'm in the woods with my family. I wanted to go take my kids out to have like a normal life. And people had to defend their decision to take their kids camping. It was just weird. Yeah, see, we got to get back to the uh, shit that people had to defend was saying, uh, mind your own fucking business. (laughs) But I I remember reading an article about an influencer. Like, think of someone saying that to you in 2015, just out of the blue. Like Like 2012. You you were alive in a pandemic when fucking uh, swine flu, H1N1. You know, it's funny. I actually, I was working for a marketing company that time. I wrote a headline that said, these sales are infectious. And I almost, I almost lost my job. This is all your fault, bro. <laughs> because uh, were you writing all this shit for these guys too? I could though. That's the thing. Well, that, I actually talked about this one of the podcasts. Is a lot of my peers in the advertising world. I've watched them go the opposite direction that I chose to take. Yeah, and it's been very disheartening. Yeah, because I know the power of writing. I know the power of word choice. And I could go through headlines and pick out the two words in that headline that made it the way it was. So that's why it's been easy for you to see what the fuck is going on. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I've, it's been my job. And yeah. it's the way, as a writer, that's the way I think about everything. Like I look at a lamp and go, how can I make this lamp relevant to someone on a date? Right. Like how can I right. connect it to something? That's where I've been teaching. My, it's critical thinking. I've been yeah. teaching myself to think that way for over Ever. 10 years yeah, for my job. Too. Yeah. And I've watched like peers of mine that are really good fucking writers write the kind of shit they write to fear monger and to divide and it just pisses me off. Yeah. And I've like lost touch with a lot of friends. I lost a big contract I had with the company in LA. Um, as soon as I started speaking out more, like they just ghost straight ghosted me, which I think was just the most pathetic way to handle it. Like, at least admit why you're not renewing my contract. They just stopped answering my emails. I've been working with them for years. Um, Shocking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I think, you know, going back though and trying to tie that in because I think they're all great points, you know, and that's, I want to, kind of explain why I feel experience is so great and why it helps build confidence. Cause like when you have experience, you have confidence in your feelings of emotion and you can express that opinion, right? Cause you know, you've been there. And if you don't know, and you don't been there, you now open yourself up to everybody else's thoughts or opinions. Mm-hmm. You're not confident. So then you back down, you know? And so when you have experience, whether it's going through a tough situation or, um, you know, experiencing a set of values or whatever the case may be, you know, you have confidence in your answer. And right now we're so reliant on Google and the answer that comes out of it, that that's the, that's the entire truth. And it may not be the truth, you know, and that's the truth. That's a scary thing that you have to understand that the information. Well, it's proven now to not be the truth. And that's my point. The information that we're seeking and we, we feel is the truth is not necessarily the truth. And that's why experience is a huge player in life. Like you have to go experience what that construction job is or experience being a bartender or have experience in whatever said, you know, uh, field should be because that's how you earn respect and confidence in the decision and the, and the and the really the shape of your life. Without that experience, you're relying on a uh, at best seventy five percent hopefully truth answer that comes off of. A well, screen. you have to experience speaking your mind. Yeah, like the first time you speak out on something, scary, it's scary to people. It's like telling <laughs> somebody you love them for the first time. You're yeah. like, are they going to reciprocate? It's fucking freaky. Yeah, but a lot of people have, these past two years haven't taken the chance to express their opinion. And you realize if you do, you probably find a lot of your friends agree with you and you find out your, they might text you. They might not tell you online, but they, you'll get that support. And like, you know what? They actually see things the same way I do. And then you feel more emboldened to keep doing it. And the next thing you know, now they're, they feel comfortable doing it. That's true. I can vouch for that because being who I am and what I talk about you, well, you too. Yeah. I get DMs okay, all the time. Right. People tell me, Oh, keep speaking. It's like, Bro, I you get, fucking say I get <laughs> thousands, literally, and I'm not exaggerating one 
bit. I get thousands of fucking DMs every single day saying the same shit. So I know that's the truth. Like, thank you for speaking up. I'm just not brave enough to speak up. Motherfucker. You have to be. It's like, like bro, the, the, you guys who are not speaking up, that, this is why this continues to go on. Like, it, it's so frustrating for me to get that message. But, but I also do, I get it, I guess. Like, I, dude, I don't know. Like, when, was, when did you first speak up? Well, I can actually, it's funny because I think. Like, I'm sitting here, when you guys are sitting, when you were saying that the first time it is, I'm sitting here trying to think, like, when was my first time I spoke out? Like, well, I just think the first time that I spoke out during COVID in a, in a public setting, kind of, sort of, in a, in, a, in a way, it's just what. Yeah, but you've always been an outspoken dude. No, but I know, but confrontation, right? Confrontation, you know, especially like in. So in, where does that come from, though? Like, where did you first. Well, I uh, think the speaking the truth is scary. You know, and I think that, you know, the truth being the undefeated champion of the world, like you start, like it makes you nervous, right? So like the guy, this, this uh, red shoe guy, uh, shoelace guy calls me out in Starbucks for not having a mask on. Oh, you're a warrior. You know, he looks at me like that. And I kind of got nervous. He's a little fucking nerd, you know? And I'm like, fucking hey, like I'm getting fucking put on blast at Starbucks. And he's like, hey, fuck you. You know, like, just like that. You know, and he kind of backed down. Oh, you're a, you're a COVID whatever. I forget. Uh, Denier. Yeah, whatever. Doing? I don't yeah. know what the fuck he called me. Something you, that ended with an ist. Yeah, right. And, you know, and you're such a warrior. And he's like blowing his chest out. And I just looked at him and I said, I will kick your fucking ass, man. I was, then I started getting mad. And, you know, we're in line and, and at Starbucks. And guess what? I still go to the same Starbucks every day. I feel really good. Guess who I've never seen there again? That's right. <laughs> That's right. So fuck you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have, it was empowering. It feels good. I'm going to walk back in there. He knows where I stand. Everybody else in there knows where I stand. And so, you know, being able to speak your mind, although it may be scary and it makes you really fucking nervous. Yeah, but when you- was the first time you spoke your mind? Man, I, Cause like, dude, I feel like we were brought up that way. Yeah, but I mean, that scared feeling that he's referring to—that's fucking real. And I think you experience it many times in life, not just once. I think there's different chapters. It's like like a saying, one I love. Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A, it's you like know? a. It definitely is a skill. Yeah, to be able I, to I, speak truth. Well, even even managing people. And by, as you progress, by skill, I mean you. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, without and the well, more comfortable you are doing. Yeah, it. right. And the more you understand, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and I think that's an important piece to understand. Like you know. Now, like I know when I get that kind of EBGB weird feeling that, and I'm like, I should say this. My, I used to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say it. Maybe, you know, you start questioning. Now I'm just like, fuck it, dude. This is what, yeah. all right, coming out. You yeah. know, yeah. the fight or flight happens a lot quicker. I found that the best, fight. the right. absolute best shit that comes out of people's mouth is the shit that they think they shouldn't say in that scenario. You know, it's funny. Like I used to always tell myself when I have a tweet that I feel like I shouldn't tweet. That's the it one means, tweet. It means I should tweet it. Yes. I used to always tell myself that. I do the same thing like headlines when I was writing a lot yeah. of ads. But what you're saying too, though, what people need to understand is even when you get that negative feedback or the confrontation, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. No. Like dude, you play it up in your head. It's scary here in you your head. You play it up in your head. It's so much worse. And so people are so afraid of like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. My mom's going to sell me all this kind of shit. You'll realize it's never that bad. You're going to think I'm the most violent guy on earth. But fighting teaches you that, right? What you realize about fighting is getting punched in the mouth sucks. However, it's not terrible. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. You know, so like you get hit a few times. I, like, I actually think that's a huge key to life, dude. I think if you're not afraid to get punched in the face, you 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 are at huge well, advantage my, over is, a lot of people. Isn't it a Mike Tyson quote? Yeah, yeah. Didn't everybody's got a plan until you most get. Most people have been punched in the face or something like that. Well, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Yeah, yeah but, but, the, but the point is, is that like once you fear, once you stop fearing getting punched in the face, like I know there's a plenty of dudes out there that can knock me the fuck out and punch me in the face, hurt me and all that shit. But like, I don't really care. But there's like, a there's, <laughs> but there's, yeah. there's a dichotomy there in, inside that. You also understand it hurts enough to maybe have a little bit of of respect and say, and you restraint know what? and uh-huh. restraint. Like you know, I'm what? not going to punch this guy in the face when I want to, or I'm not going to say it because it's not worth getting punched in the face over. That's you know true. What I'm yeah. So there's like a dichotomy there that's like yeah. ah. 
You look it's like so, you punch harder. I'm probably not. Well, it's not even that. You're like, you know what? It's just not worth. It's just not worth it, right? We've, now. We we don't know? have that whole dynamic we're talking about is does not exist in the world anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's That's a crazy. lot. Of, there, well, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of maybe truths on what's wrong with society. Now you think about asking a girl out on a date. Like that was that was one of those moments. You know, your first time. You yeah, once ask. you've been denied a few times by someone, you're not bothered to ask. That's them. exactly You'll right. Ask anybody at that point. I do a podcast about no regrets, and I always tell. I want to teach my son. Like one of the lessons in life is you always ask the hottest girl in the room on the date. Always, because the worst she says is no, and the more comfortable you get with it, the more you realize it's not that big of a deal. And what happens if she says yes? Right, you get over that kind of. But there's a lesson too, and then you start thinking about society and the young kids we're raising. They don't have to go ask girls on dates. They text them. They don't have to go through the weird thing because the rejection's in the screen. So when they face rejection face to face, it's like it's really disheartening to them. Oh uh, yeah, dude, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, so the, they're they're desensitized. They they can't fucking take it. No, yeah, and then it destroys fuck, I never them, even thought about know? that. So it's like maybe we should like from that that that's a good analogy. I remember that like fucking right. Like I remember having like. And I'm thinking about the shit I regret. The shit I regret is the shit I didn't say. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like in the bedroom at night, you're telling your wife, you're like, man, I really put your hands around my throat, you know? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Hold up. Wait Was that out loud? That was out loud? It must be because I don't have a peacock in my front yard. I don't know. <laughs> you're missing out, man. Right, That's guys. alive. You come to Pinecrest, you drive through one neighborhood, you're like, all right, I want peacocks. All right. I'm in, dude. Peacock's cool. All right, guys, our final segment. I want Longhorns, motherfucker. That's what I want. But So here's what I just realized about yeah. South Miami, too. There's like horse properties down there. Yeah. Uh, I, ne I never knew how big of the horse community Wingate. was there. So I started looking at different horse What's properties. What's the area down there called? The horse area? When, it starts with the uh, is Doral's a big horse is area. Doral. Doral. Doral, is that you say? That's a big horse area, I too. I don't I don't know. But I know this. I want some fucking bison, and I want some Longhorns. Do and it. then we have them both right around the corner from my house. Imagine that. Yeah, but see, dude, like, I, I don't really want to move out there. I got a nice place where I am at. The cool thing, though, is it living where you can get a tan and have a longhorn. Man, you just burnt my dreams down over <laughs> here, bro. That's the vibe right there, man. You can get a tan. You get a spray tan. You get one of the fake bald tans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Our final you might be on to something there. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, Pinecrest, you'll love it. Coming Except down. in August. It's fucking 9,000 fucking degrees. It is here, too. That's true. That August is actually more rainy than hot there. Like August is more rain. That's like the dude. Rain they season. got very similar weather. I mean, I think our weather is probably worse. I love it. I miss the humidity when I'm not in it because I grew up in Utah. I grew up in the snow. I grew up in the cold, and I thought like that wilderness mountain life was meant for me. And then I moved to Miami. I was like, wait, I don't have allergies. Uh, I can breathe through my nose when I sleep at night. My skin feels good. I can get street I, tacos. They're fucking amazing. I crave. <laughs> I crave the humidity. My dog's happier than ever. He stops shedding. It's. Florida's fucking See, fantastic. See, we get the allergies and the humidity. Yeah. It's so fucking, fucking terrible. It's how you look at it. Perspective. It, it's fucking horrible. Could be worse. You could be in Haiti. Yeah, but they got better weather than we do. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> Haiti hot is for a fucking a reason. It's, it's fucking different. hot. All right. I'll Never take see a word. Haitian stand in the sun. I'll take your word for it because you've been there and I haven't been there. See how that works? See how that works. Yeah, it's an amazing concept. Yeah. He has the it. experience. Yeah. yeah. And I can tell you, the experience is you want your child born in America, not in Haiti. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, guys. Our final segment of the show, we have our thumbs up segment where I show a headline. See, they don't get two thumbs up or two thumbs in the butt. And with that being said, our headline reads. <laughs> hey, baby, I said two thumbs in the butt. I, wait, I, wait, what? I, I ain't got nothing, I got nothing for that, man. Ride good, the bus. Good job, Sal. 
<laughs> he told me he's not trying to have another kid. He's just improvising now. Yeah, he's practicing. Oh, that's what you said. Yeah. He's like, how do I avoid it? Yeah, yeah. practice, man. Headline reads, drivers in Chicago line up for a share of $1 million worth of free gas. Uh, so drivers in Chicago lined up early uh, Thursday, today, to get free fuel courtesy of Chicago businessman and philanthropist Dr. Willie Wilson for his second round of a gas giveaway. Quote, the need among the community is so great, Wilson said. Soaring gas prices have caused a hardship for too many of our citizens. The self-made millionaire found success in business through his own medical supply company and as a former franchise owner of several McDonald's uh, restaurants. He is now using his fortune to help others. Quote, people have to get to work to make money for the families. That's what moved me to do this, Willie told news station. Chicagoans can fill up their tanks up to $50 per person until the money runs out. However, unlike the $200,000 gas giveaway last week, vehicles will not be allowed to line up overnight, but that did not stop them from lining up early. Each gas station is allowing 400 cars between 7 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Uh, to help ease the effects of inflation um, and severe, uh, serve as a lifeline for working Americans. And what we got on that? That's fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's unfortunate that he has to do it, but I love that he's it, doing it. It, it, it is. It yeah. is unfortunate. And it's not his fault that he has to do that either. It's the fucking politician's fucking fault. That's kind of shit you want to see people do with a lot of yeah. money. But yeah. they'll still find a way to demonize the way that he made that oh, money yeah. capitalism. Uh, he lives too extravagantly <laughs> or he does this or that or this. This is yeah. the kind of shit no one ever fucking yeah. hears about. I love that he did that. That's yeah, fucking I do awesome. too, man. What do you think? I mean, obviously I love it. I mean, how could you not? You know, it's one of those things, but I... I I also, there's like the fucking hardcore side of me that's like, if you're in that bad of a spot, you know, we got to start making other decisions and you shouldn't be waiting outside in line for four or five, six hours for 50 bucks. We should be working for four or five hours for that same 50 bucks. Yeah. And that's the part where my brain, of course, I like the gesture because I think it's a great gesture. But if you're making $15 an hour, which is a pretty standard going rate in today's world, and you can, there's 6 million jobs open for that competitive rate, uh, that's a math equation. You can wait in line for five hours or you can go fucking make fucking a hundred bucks. Like, which maybe one should you do? It, maybe he should adjust it to people that can prove that they were actually working. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, to, to you know, and of course I would never See, throw I like that. I wouldn't I like throw, that. I wouldn't throw shade on that guy because, yeah. you know, that's fucking, that's a, that's a, a I think it's a, awesome. A great thing to do. But yeah. I, in my brain, it's like, that's a thinking problem. Yeah. You know, like, oh, dude, I'm gonna go out there and wait for four hours so I get this free. And it's like, well, or you could go work and then go home and go to bed. And you can go get your gas whenever every other asshole's out of the way. Yeah. You know, so I just, there's that, that's the dichotomy inside my brain that yeah. thinks it. It's, I know it's not like, oh, that's kind of fucking Debbie Downer approach. No, no it's not. No, it's, it's just reality. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fucking reality, dude. Like I, I listen, to, I have, a, I think it's called, you know, this is, this is what I call ethical capitalism, right? This is, this is how problems should be solved in society where there's a real problem in this case. The real problem is created by people who didn't earn that fucking money. Um, it's created by people who are making bad policy decisions in Washington, D.C. that are doing so in their own interests, which in turn is actually costing American citizens, including this man, money that this fucking guy probably worked really fucking hard for. So, I, I dude, I mean, guy's got a golden heart. It's I'll give it amazing. two thumbs up for that yeah, reason. for sure. You know? For sure. But I think as Americans, we go to the scratch off versus going to the, <clears throat> going to the shovel. Yeah. For sure, bro. For sure. I, I hear that. All right. Well, that's the show. That's all I got. Thanks for bro. having me. Yeah, it was awesome, bro. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, guys, if you liked the show, if you thought it was good, if you learned something, if there's good takeaways for you, uh, share the show for us. All right. And Kyle, where can they follow you if they're not following you already? 
Uh, Instagram, Facebook, they type in SGRSTK or search the captain. I should come up. The captain. All right. He puts out some of the best content across the internet. Good thought provoking. His books are amazing as well. Um, where can they find your books at? Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Okay. Title speech therapy or fucking history. All right. There you go. All right, bro. Well, thanks for coming down. Thank you, man. All right. We'll see you guys later. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a pole, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, dust a no, headshot, case closed, closed.